This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to the title sponsor of The Big Show. That's Big O Tires. Save up to $150 off Pirelli, Nitto, and Toyo Tires. Now through April 4th, only at your locally owned and operated Big O Tires. We're going to talk to Bowler here momentarily. We'll get his thoughts on uh, well how the Jazz are playing at the moment and his thoughts on last night's game. Indeed. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to hear because Bowler will tell us like it is. He'll he'll say what he his real impressions were from that off game. Uh, I did find what you pointed out earlier, uh, Jake, rather interesting that Donovan Mitchell and others were pointing out, uh, Mike Conley pointing out that the Jazz didn't quit; they just played poorly. Yeah, one hundred percent. I you know we said I said it at halftime with Tim Lacombe because I'm trying. I think they were down eight at the half. Um, I could go do the math if I really wanted to. But anyway, the point being, if I said to Tim, I said, they're lucky to only be down this much. They should be <laughs> yeah. down a lot further uh, based on the way that they played. And you look at Dallas, you know, they scored 111 points. And that's not a terrible uh, night in the NBA. And actually, given that one stretch at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, they really played decent defense, just not during that time when they needed some stops to get back into the game. Yes, uh-huh. Exactly. But it's just weird how it seems like (laughs) – explain this to me if you can, Jake. It it seems catching. When the Jazz start making shots, everybody starts making them. And when they start missing shots, everybody starts missing them. Not everybody, but a whole bunch of people. Is that that true, though? I mean, how many games like that have, have the Jazz had? Well, I mean, well, they've only lost a handful of games, but uh, right. when when they do, it seems like that's what happens. Um, I don't well, know. I don't have know. To go back I don't look. know. Yeah, I don't know if it feels that way or if it's statistically proven, but uh, it sure seems like that. That is, it's contagious, mostly for the positive this year. But when it does go south, it seems like it's a number of players that uh, catch that. I think they've done a good job this year, actually, about picking up the slack when somebody has a, has a tough night. I'm I'm just trying to think of of how many times it's happened this year where everybody, you know, seemed to be missing. Or we should say everybody, because Mike Conley w- w- right, was right. was shooting red hot, but right. you know, more than just a player or two had an off night. Well, last night it was Donovan, and it was uh, at least from three. That then that was where it was so egregious. What they hit? How many out of what they four, fourteen of. 44 or something? What was it? I don't have it. For threes? Yeah. Uh, Let's see. It was 12. They made uh, it was 12 of 44, Gordon. 44, yeah. And just to put it in perspective, it was only the sixth time in franchise history that they've made 12 or fewer three pointers on 40 or more attempts. Yeah. I mean, and and that's such a huge part of their offensive attack now, is, is obvious. We've talked about it. But usually it's in the positive, not the negative. That was the second worst three-point shooting game of the year. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be that hard to, to go back and, and check out the stats for all the lost games because there haven't been that many of them. Yeah. But uh, and, and, and that's the thing. Will the three-point shooting hold up for the Jazz when when the playoffs start? That That's that's the big question, isn't it? Well, I don't, why wouldn't it? Well, I mean, you saw the game last night. I mean, yeah, a one-off game. But why, why wouldn't right. it? Right, and that's the question. Is it one-off? Or is it when you play a, a, a more difficult opponent, which you would probably do on the reg in the playoffs, um, you know, is, is that going to be something that will be a problem? And will the Jazz have to find a way to overcome that at the defensive end? That's something we've talked a lot about this year. But they played plenty and, of good teams, Gordon, and they're the second best three-point shooting team in the league, 39 and a half. Yeah. They lead the league in three-pointers made and three-pointers attempted, and they're second in percentage at nearly 40%. Well, maybe this is just uh, just uh, my, uh, you know, I'm usually a very sunshiny kind of person, you know, but maybe that's uh, the pessimist in me coming out watching that game last night because their, their shooting is so fantastic from distance uh, usually. That when you see it go south and, and then you see them lose, you think, what happens if they shoot like that two or three games in a row? Uh, I, you know, I guess anything's possible. But it, it just makes you wonder, especially going up against a really high-quality team night after night after night in a series. I Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I wouldn't expect a three-point shot to leave them. If if they lose series, I, I would guess it would be. So if they lose, reasons. what do you think? What's the most likely scenario? Um, let's see. They uh, probably a combination at both ends of the floor. Well, see, know? like when they they kept bumping into Houston, it was the way that Houston played defense against the Jazz that really had uh, an issue with the, the switching defense, but we've seen this version of the Jazz team play really well against that defense this year. But you heard the players after the game last night saying that uh, Dallas was mixing it up at the defensive end. Yeah, I don't know how much Dallas's defense had to do with their bad shooting night. I'm not saying it didn't have anything to do with it. They, they came in with a good game plan. Give them, their, give them their due. But, I mean, some of those shots were just misses. I mean, the shots that – like Donovan Mitchell is usually nails on the catch-and-shoot three. I mean, he's usually really good. Like above fifty percent good, and he. Yeah, was it was weird to see him those. clanking them last night. Right, and they were open. That's what I'm saying. Again, give Dallas credit for coming in with a good game plan. I'm not. I'm not trying to downplay it. They played really hard, and their defense has been a lot better lately. But there were some shots that usually go down that did not for several players. And Royce O'Neal, Donovan Mitchell certainly, and Jordan Clarkson. Well, what brought this up? In my mind, was as I was researching that game yesterday before our show, I saw that uh, the, the Mavs had been shooting the ball really well over their last 14 games or so. And I thought, I actually had the thought go through my mind that that means that the Jazz tonight will not be able to get away with missing the shots they usually make because this team, this opponent, is going to make their shots. Sometimes you'll see the Jazz shoot the ball poorly, but you'll see their opponent shoot the ball poorly as well. But that didn't happen. In fact, I think that, like we said, the switch was flipped on the Jazz. Or is it the script that was flipped? I don't know. Something was flipped. And they had a bad game. And uh, the other team outshot them from three, and that uh, – 
Yeah, like Quinn Snyder pointed out, it's pretty tough to overcome that. But I, I love what Donovan Mitchell said because you rarely hear this kind of thing from a player where he said, like, we played like that and only lost by eight? Yeah. He's I like, don't know that's if I've it. Ever heard he that. said, that says a lot about us, in my opinion. <laughs> and it's kind of true. I, I, don't, I don't think he was saying it from a make excuse kind of thing. I think he was saying from, like, we started this segment, Gordon, that they played hard out there and they, they shot the ball that badly, but we're still in the game. Mm hmm. And yeah. I, I think you can you can uh, agree with Donovan on that. Now, if he's saying that after every game, and they lose three or four in a row, then maybe we're talking about a bigger issue. But so, what does it mean then that the Jazz don't quit? Which is a good sign. They don't quit, but they they so they're not capable of quitting, but they are capable of not shooting the ball well. Yeah, and just you hope that uh, you know if you're a Jazz fan or certainly the coaching staff that. You know, you get at least, you know, two or three guys that are hitting on a given night and you're going to be pretty good. Well, we're going to we're going to find out if that was just uh, an anomaly last night because the Javis have some tough games coming up. And so we'll see uh, whether they can bounce back from that. And that's really been one of their charms this season is they have bounced back on most occasions from a difficult uh, outcome. Uh, and they come back strong. If they, if they, you know, I mean, they could lose these next two games uh, and not necessarily have to play poorly to do so, because it's going to be tough to play Phoenix on the road, and it's going to be tough to turn around on a back-to-back and face Portland. Bowler joins us now. Uh, Bowler, what did you think about last night's game? Uh, time to panic or just a bad game? <laughs> Well, you know, we've ridden uh, the storm a few times and everyone panics because the Jazz have won and dominated, I think, so many teams this year. But I think the thing that probably, you know, turns people a little um, in that uh, uh uh-oh mode is it's Dallas with Luka Doncic. Uh, It's uh, a battle tomorrow night on the road against uh, Booker and Chris Paul. And as Gordon just said, then you come back on a back-to-back and play Damian, C.J. McCollum, and the Portland Trailblazers. So, you know, the Jazz have caught a lot of teams uh, shorthanded uh, over the last uh, two weeks and have just mopped the floor with those teams, Orlando included. And now you wonder when you really get teams that are nearly full strength, you know, how are the Jazz going to, uh, you know, going to fare? What's the outcome going to be? And I think – Hopefully the lesson last night is that they have to remember if you're going to be the best team in the NBA, it's an every night uh, effort. And, you know, I said, uh, I just, I tweet once a game, you know, and I just didn't think they had it, you know, the it factor, you know, they lost that, uh, that confidence or just taking care of business early. And Dallas actually played like the jazz last night, more physical, defensively they've been in everybody's you know uh hip pocket lately uh reason why they won five in a row right and also they hit threes which is not like the uh, unlike the mavericks by the way they they hit threes like the jazz have all season long so maybe it's a test a taste of what they have to do the rest of the way look you're 50 games in uh you know it's going to be a really quick race to the finish line and you just have to stay steady. And I don't think you can overthink it. As Donovan said last night, just get back at it and go play. And hopefully, you know, the Jazz have learned more than we uh, sometimes realize along the way. It's been an incredible 14 months 
COVID, uh, Oklahoma City, uh, Rudy Donovan, uh, the bubble, the plane, uh, the, the, the flock of birds. I mean, they've experienced a lot together. So I don't know if they get if they're really shaken right now. And I, maybe that's a good thing in the long run. Well, that's a nice bit of candor on your part to point out that the Jazz have caught a lot of teams shorthanded and that that's, uh, that's been to their advantage. And as we talked about yesterday, nine uh, in their nine-game winning streak, not a single one of those teams had a, had a, uh, had a all of them had sub-500 records except for the Nets who were missing their star players when the Jazz right. played them. And so that's what everybody's trying to figure out with this team is how will, the, how will it hold up against the best in the league? Yep. Because that's, no, what I, they're, I, that's what they're going to face in the playoffs. You know? Exactly. And, you know, you can see Dallas, right? If uh, they're hit, they're at number seven trying to, you know, jump. Uh, if they, you know, let's just say the Jazz stay at one and they drop to eight. There you go. If they if the Jazz would drop to two and Dallas stays at seven, there's your first-round matchup. So um, it just is a week that I thought was very important to give us a really good feel of, you know, the Jazz – and how good they are, and especially not only you'll get a taste of home, of course, but that's a tough one to come back off the road to you know just to go back onto your home floor. But it's just a two-game road trip, so there shouldn't be that big of a transition because it's a back-to-back. But still, you're playing three teams that are all fighting for playoff positions and have star player power, right? And you're looking at Booker and the Suns tomorrow night, who are knocking on the door trying to take the Jazz out of the top spot two and a half games back and we know what Chris Paul has done in his career and we know what kind of player Devin Booker is and so again the test is I think in our eyes you know as as jazz onlookers and watchers is okay um, bounce back what's the attitude and how dominant can you be and productive and how how do you come out of the gate tomorrow night? I mean, Jake, that to me is, is a big key. The jazz usually dominate they have been of late and it was a low-scoring first half, and then things kind of picked up a little bit, and the Jazz found a little more confidence along the way and lost by eight after trailing by 18, but still, you know, too little too late. And that just can't happen, uh, you know, down the stretch run of the season. Uh, it's It's been incredible thus far. Uh, but I think we also get used to domination, and we, we do stand back a bit when things don't go quite right. Luckily, I think the guys in that locker room – understand it better than we do and i'm anxious to see how they react to it tomorrow bowler lock brought something up on the uh, station earlier today and i I found it curious um you you know you've traveled with the team for many many years and are familiar with the the grind of the nba season and this year is different of course and we're not seeing we're seeing more games and fewer nights the the games are coming kind of more fast and furious i believe he was saying by uh, on the portland game on thursday night will be their fifth game in seven nights which is just nuts um with that in mind as as more teams play more games in a shorter amount of time are we going to see some wonky performances not only from the jazz but from everybody you know nights where it's just you know they're they're, they've got no energy because the schedule is just so brutal you know it's a good point and i think it's something to watch for as you hit this final um you know the season ends on the 16th of may and the playoffs start on the 22nd so you're today's the sixth so you're about five weeks out you know a little over five weeks before the season wraps up but Locke's right. I mean, you can break it down. I believe this week is four games and six nights. I mean, it's 
it's it's an amazing thing. The back-to-backs are almost weekly now, and that was only usually, I believe, happened three or four times during the course of an 82-game schedule. But that, of course, is when a season starts uh, in October and ends in mid-April. And so this is totally tilted. I thought last night, too, if you look at shots, and when you see a lot of shots come up short, what does that tell you? Usually, you know, the players like Harpering and, and Big T say you're tired because you can't launch and lift. And so I saw a lot of shots, good-looking open shots, by the way, Gordon, last night, but nothing would fall, just plain and simple. I don't know if that's a sign of fatigue, but uh, as most of the guys tell us on our Zoom calls, we don't have time to be tired. In reality, you don't. So whoever comes out of this, much like the bubble in Orlando, whoever comes out and wins this, you have to applaud them for playing through, I think, a lot of fatigue. And so far, too, the Jazz have been lucky to dodge COVID, and they've also been lucky, knock on wood, to dodge any major injuries. You've had you know, to watch hamstring issues with uh, Mike Conley, and you had the concussion protocol with, with Donovan. But, you know, overall, I think the Jazz have done a marvelous job keeping the guys on the floor, and a credit to the staff to do so, man. But I'll tell you, it, it's got to be wear and tear. The travel's been a little bit less because they've played games in the sense of a couple on occasions where they stay in the same city and do those uh, back-to-backs or a day off in between. And they'll do that in April, by the way, against the Lakers. And those are going to be critical games as well, even more so if LeBron comes back from the high ankle sprain. But, man, I tell you, still a lot of answers and a lot of basketball to be played uh, down the stretch. But I don't know if you can overreact last night. I think it was just like one of those oh-my moments, like here we go, this is a tough week. And for me, I think uh, you'll see tomorrow night uh, maybe more of the character of this team come out and see how they respond. If you wanted to look at it really optimistically, you could say you got to have a game like that mixed in with those numbers, with those percentages, just because you can't keep shooting it the way the Jazz have no. been. So if you're going to waste, if you're going to throw some of those bad numbers into it, you might as well do it, get it over with, and move on to the next one, right? You know, I, you know, last night Big T was next to me, and you know he said it. Um, you know, we were talking before game and at halftime. It was like. You know, shooters hangover. I mean, you re- you're right, Gordon. I-, I think we as fans around the league and same with the NFL and, you know, I'm looking at Mahomes, okay? I mean, slingshot and five touchdowns a game, then he gets picked and you go, oh, what's wrong? And it's the same, you know, in baseball and somebody's on a hot streak and just takes a total dive for no reason. Uh, but I think the Jazz were at such a high level. How much, what, what level, Jake, do you go from there? You almost have to take a spill before you decide to kind of come back to the norm. And, you know, Utah is shooting 47, 43 threes or 47 threes a game and making 17, and they're 40%. I think it's 43 attempts. And, you know, still a 40% clip uh, is unbelievable. And Joe was at 50 when the night started last night, uh, Joe Ingles. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think you can overreact. I mean, I think you can sit back and, yeah, it's Dallas and Luka. That guy played well last night. Dallas has picked it up defensively. I thought they were, again, played a lot like the Jazz last night, and they had a, a good game plan on uh, being physical, uh, doubling, filling the paint, and going out and just getting physical on the perimeter. But still the Jazz got loose, and I thought they had great looks, Jake. I think you and Tim talked about in the postgame on um, my drive home, and I, I would agree. The shots just didn't fall. And sometimes it goes through the jazz like the flu. 
I mean, it's just not – you know, they, the only player that really looked tuned in last night was Mike Conley, and he had coming off, you know, that day's rest uh, on that back-to-back. So he looked as the freshest, the freshest of anybody on the floor, and he played like it. But there's just nobody that could come along for the ride, and, and the Jazz, uh, you know, just, just didn't have it. As I call it, didn't have it last night, and I I didn't see it. Did you? I don't think anybody did. Yeah. 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 Bowler, I, I don't know if you got home in time to catch the end of the NCAA tournament game, but do you have any thoughts on the champion Baylor Bears? Wow. You know, we were kind of being updated, you know, throughout a little bit because I just, you know, I got a little special place in my heart for March Madness. Um, and I talked to Nance earlier this week. Um, you know, he was hoping for, for good games, and I thought that would be – you know, just a flip of what Gonzaga has shown us. And then someone reminded me that BYU had had a 12-point lead on Gonzaga earlier this year, and look what the Zags were able to do and come back. But there was never any of that last night. Baylor came out, made a statement, and then you had to play catch-up the whole night, you know, the, the whole game. And I thought, you know, when they got to 10 at halftime, um, that maybe something would happen. But Baylor kept it down uh, with confidence and hitting threes, right, and playing some good D. And the Zags were overwhelmed. I don't know. The pressure of going undefeated and winning a national championship is, wow, that's unbelievable. But to lose that last game uh, had to be heartbreaking. That's a heck of a basketball team. Some great talent there. And Baylor showed uh, they they, they had a reason to be there for sure. So, Bowler, uh, Austin and I are fans of One Shining Moment. Jake hates it. Where do, where do you fall in on that? You know, when we were, when I was at CBS, we had this discussion at our meetings all the time about, you know, is it time? You know, is it is it still? And the players, I think, we, we kind of went out, and, and, and if I remember right, I think they asked the ADs and the players, and no, no, we can't. Are you kidding that's the shining moment of, 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 of it all, how it happened. And, you know, Big T would be interesting to ask that same question because he felt it all, right, that one shining moment for, for the Wolfpack back in 83. But, you know, it's always been a conversation of either love. There's very few in between it, right? And they tried different um, – didn't Luther Vondross sing it? Is that the right yeah, – Luther Vondross, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vondross. Uh, they've changed it up with with the per, you know the particular performer, but you know I tell you it's hard to get rid of tradition. Um, you know if it went away, Jake would you you would not miss it. No, nope. is that right? Not one bit. Not one bit. <laughs> Gordo, man, he didn't. Jake Jake didn't pause one moment. No, he 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 doesn't like it. Although Austin and I both thought last night's. Rendition was it wasn't exactly quite as stirring, but uh, yeah, we like yeah. it on the whole. What the heck, you know? We like well, it. it depends on who puts it together because it's all about the emotion of the moment, and you have to take you on a story, on a ride. And if the guy who doesn't produce it correctly or edit it, then you lose the whole the whole punch of it because it's supposed to almost bring you to tears, Gordo. And I know I know you're an emotional guy. <laughs> you know, Bowler, sure. I haven't really, I haven't heard a definitive answer to the question whether you love it or hate it. Uh, Look, I'm going to tell you, you this: if it went away, I would not cry tears. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so you're you're more you're with Jake. Yeah, you know, I, I think it had its purpose, but in today's world, I just don't think it has the same grab. Maybe a new approach would be something that should be talked about, um, and it was talked about when I was there. And that's been, I left there 
uh, let's see, in uh, 2008 or 9 or 10. Then I went to Fox, so that's this is 21. I've been gone, man, like nine years. But it was always a discussion in the 13 I was there uh, about what they should do with it. And they said, let's change it up, a new, a new artist. And I don't know, it's not working for Jake, so I think they, I think they really should take a look at it. I just don't need sappy music with my highlights, Bowler. You know? <laughs> I, I can just I can just watch some highlights. I don't need yeah. I, I don't need a song that even Luther himself has got to be ashamed of. Yeah. in the background. Well, I'm a guy that kind of likes to hear the sounds if it's Nance or if it's uh, Ian Eagle or if it's Kevin Harlan or any of the guys calling the moment. By the way. In either in any of the rounds, in any of the regions, because sometimes reliving that and the the emotions of the moment, I'm kind of a fan of hearing the the crowd's reaction more. And you know, if the call's good, use it. Um, that's just me. Hey, bowlers! Since we have you on the line, we should add, we should run that one highlight pass bowler that we were playing the other day uh, the, at the end of the. Uh, Gonzaga UCLA game when uh, Adam Morrison was the color analyst and he was <laughs> screaming so that you couldn't hear the play-by-play yeah. guy. Yeah. It, do we have that, Austin? Can we play that for bowling? I'd have to do some uh, Googling uh, to get that back up. I mean, okay, that was sorry. over 26 hours ago. So. Yeah, it was, it, but we were wondering uh, because uh, uh, Jake was saying that play-by-play guys hate it when the color guy starts screaming so you can't hear him do his job uh how do you feel i won't name that? those individuals but i've been there <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like what are you kidding me right now yeah i've been there college football college basketball nfl i won't say anything about harpinger or uh or, or big t <laughs> no, of course not no you know it is you, you always think you're you know and uh, it's funny you bring this up because nance you know always talks about the moment you know, that he's been involved in for so many years, even at the Masters. I mean, come on. You know, he's called Tiger's win, the fist bump, all the that, that one that one statement that is made, whether you rehearse it, I think it's better when you don't. It's always just the feeling of that particular second. You know, you don't want to have it written down and have like a, a whole verse, you know, ready to, oh, the zags are zipped. Zap, zap, tapulous. You know, it's not. Yeah, come on. That's, that's that's a corny way of putting it. But I'm just saying, you know, if if it's in the moment, there's nothing better. And that's really what I think play-by-play guys live for is that that winning shot or the magical moment or the Cinderella story of North Carolina State, right? Of of Big T and the Wolfpack of '83. So. You know, there's always there's always something that, but the emotions of the moment too, man. They overwhelm a lot of people, um, and especially if you have a tie, you know, to to the to the college ranks and or to the NFL or college football, whatever it may be. But yeah, uh, I've had a couple of calls busted up by almost a crazed, uncontrollable cry of, you know, what would you call it, hysteria. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's one of those. You know, you just start to look at them like, what? Wow, wow, okay. And you just let it play out after that because after that you can't make – you can't go back. You can't turn the play back. You just – you just uh, – you live through it. Hey, Jake, do you think when Bowler calls up, Jim, do you think he says, hello, friend? <laughs> I'm guessing no. Yeah. No. He just says, hey, Bowler. <laughs> hey bowler 
No, we um, we're gonna. Uh, he'll be on a podcast that uh, we're gonna debut soon on uh, UtahJazz.com on the podcast uh, Utah Jazz Podcast Network, and Jimmy Nance will be our first guest. Uh, that should be coming up to us sometime this week. So I'm excited about that, and we're going to get uh, a lot of people who've been involved in Utah sports and the Utah Jazz and beyond. And I'm excited to kind of, and both of you guys, sooner than later, I'll get to you. I promise that. <laughs> you are the man, Bowler. I, I know I'm way Bowler. down the line, but I certainly look forward to it. Well, Bowler, Bowler got to me a long time ago. He's just some... Oh, brother. Oh, hey, I'm excited to see how... Uh, we play tomorrow night, the Jazz, and um, the other part of that too, Jake and Gordon, is uh, what kind of confidence does uh, you know a guy named Chris Paul and uh, Booker come out with tomorrow night too? Because you know they want to make a statement. This may be one of the most intriguing games that Jazz have played in 2021. To be honest, uh, it may it, it it it's got that much punch to it because they run one two in the NBA, and uh, you know it's a two and a half game uh, difference right now. And this game really could be telling by the time we get into May. Well, Bowler, we appreciate you, and we'll see you here at the arena tomorrow night. All right, guys. Take care. See you. There's Craig Bowler. Jack uh, joins us each and every Tuesday. Coming up next, sounds of various clips. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? For sounds of various clips, also known as drop of the day, here on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, you've been talking about today. Aaron Rodgers is a guest host on Jeopardy, and one of the final Jeopardy contestants did not know the final Jeopardy question, but had a smart alecky response nonetheless. Here you go. Over to our two day champion on the end, Scott. Did you come up with the correct response? Who wanted to kick that field goal? <laughs> That is a great question. Should be, should be, should be correct, but uh, unfortunately for this uh, this game today, that's incorrect. Pretty funny. That was, pretty, that was clever on that guy's part. Yeah, again, the highlight of it all was somebody else, not Aaron Rodgers. Listen to how boring this guy is. Over to our two-day champion on the end. Over to our two-day champion yeah. on the end. Trebek always had, had pop to his I, delivery. He was look, always energetic. I watched, I watched that whole show. He did a good job. He, he was good. Listen, but but you've got to do more than just read the teleprompter. Over to yeah, our two-day champion on the end. Listen to him. You can't, oh, you boring. Can't, wait, wait. You can't judge him on one little f- three-second Final game. Jeopardy? Yeah, the is, crux of the game? Right. Oh, uh, he was. He did a fantastic he's job. He's not I proctoring think... the SAT. He's hosting <laughs> uh, a television so, show. Yeah, sounds like the on cue it at the DMV. I think he could do it full-time. I think he's that good. Over to the uh, housewife, ready to register her Volvo. Over to our two-day champion on the end. He's even introducing the champion. Is that is that the only sound you got? You got anything else? Two-day champion on the end. Do I have highlights of the Jeopardy episode? No, I I suck at my job. I didn't cut up Jeopardy. No, I'm just telling you that that wasn't indicative of his entire performance. 
That's like that's like saying Jim Nance was great until the final call. Yeah, right until the. This is the moment. This is it. And oh, here's the on. winning putt. <laughs> you guys, returning you guys champion Dustin Johnson. You guys addresses the ball. It. Would you watch that, Jake? No, no, me either. I've got a clip here if you want me to play it over my microphone. Oh, that'll sound great. No, we're over anyway. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Austin Horton, executive producer of The Big Show, has an enemies list. And we put uh, people on that list all the time. Who's making the list uh, today, Austin? Uh, An entire genre and then a subset, a specific of that genre. Okay. So to begin with the entire genre, beauty pageants and pageants of any sort. If it has the name pageant in it, you, I hate you. Sorry. You're on the list. And I know we've got a good friend of the show, a good friend of the months and family who uh, is in, into the pageant thing, and that's great for them. But for me and my house, we will not. It's not. It's not okay. Anything well, inspiring? Nobody, it, was nobody, it was nobody in my house. I mean... Uh, that's not what he said, family friend. But what, right, what's right. inspiring this? Uh, well, and that's the subset. The specific is, uh, well, actually, what's inspiring is I've always felt that way about pageants. <laughs> but it just came to my mind again, my hate for pageants, because did you watch Mrs. Sri Lanka 2020? No. <laughs> well, let me tell you, it was a rip-snorting time. Uh, the winner of Mrs. Sri Lanka, implying married, this is a married woman, uh, was injured after the former Mrs. Sri Lanka ran up onto the stage and ripped her crown from her head, announcing into a microphone, you cannot be married and then divorced and win Mrs. Sri Lanka. Hmm. Implying that this woman had was a divorcee and therefore did not qualify gave the ripped the crown off the woman's head gave it to the runner-up some stagehand from backstage came out and chastised the original winner with a wagging finger they all group hugged the runner-up as the original winner ran off crying well it turns out she is not divorced she is married although separated But according to the bylaws of Mrs. Sri Lanka and the, what is this, the International Beauty Contestants Guild or whatever it is, uh, and and I'm not far off, by the way, on the name there, uh, the rules are you can be separated, you just cannot be officially divorced. So she is actually the rightful winner of Mrs. Sri Lanka, but was uh, shown to the world in uh, in, uh, shame. Did they give her her crown back? They have returned said crown to Mrs. Sri Lanka. Uh, the the true rightful Mrs. Sri Lanka, and there's now a police investigation being launched into perhaps some behind-the-scenes-under-the-table money having been exchanged to make sure that the runner-up would win, and the mafia may not have been happy had they... And so what they're implying is perhaps Mrs. Sri Lanka, who won last year, had some money to ensure that the runner-up would actually be the winner, and when that didn't happen, she ran up there and said, Aha! You can't be the winner. So they all go on the list. All of them. Even the rightful winner, you're on the list. Do something more worthwhile with your one trip around this planet. Huh? Okay. 
Well, that uh, that beauty pageant sure sounds more competitive than like the NBA Finals will be. Holy cow! Well, you don't think the NBA Finals will be competitive? I'm just. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with the fact that uh, it got pretty feisty there. I see. They'll care. They crowd. care more about this than the NBA Finals cares about. I get it. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, well, that's not exactly what. Never mind. Doesn't matter. They care more about this than Gonzaga cared about last night's game. Oh, I think Gonzaga cared. I, I just, All right. I, what are you trying to say then? Uh, nothing. I'm Glad just we saying. Did this. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Got any more siblings marrying each other to talk about? Or I, I was just pointing out that it was very, very competitive. Indeed it was. There's a police investigation. So, beauty pageants, and this one in particular, you made the list. The, the cops are looking into it? The yeah. Royal Sri Lankan Police. <laughs> They're going to get to the bottom of it. They put their best detectives on it? You thought the Crown had drama. Watch out for <laughs> Mrs. Sri Lanka and the International Beauty Pageant Guild. Yeah. This sounds like it might have potential for a kind of TV show that Jake would like to watch. <laughs> Actually, oh, yeah. I watched sure. the video. I was like, this is what I imagine Real Housewives of Salt Lake looking like. <laughs> Give me a behind-the-scenes reality TV look at it. I'll watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not a huge fan of beauty pageants, but uh, we did have a family friend that did quite well. Uh, but uh, anyway, whatever. Judging people. Who, I mean, who, who can really judge who's beautiful and who isn't? If we had time, I'd play some drops that would suggest that you think you can judge who's beautiful and who isn't, but we don't have time. We'll have more coming like up calling next. calling me fat. That has happened many uh, times. I, I have not <laughs> called you fat in years. But you did once, and it still counts. Yeah, but it was just kind of a joke. It wasn't meant not to funny, be rude. real. Stay tuned. We'll get to more Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, we have an off night. No NBA game today. That's nope. nice. The Jazz needed a night off after the way they played last night. So we'll see if that, that I agree. We've been talking about this throughout the show, but that game against Phoenix, uh, I think is really important because, you know, Jazz's lead is only two and a half games. They lose that one down to one and a half and who knows, then they got to play Portland at Portland <laughs> back to back. If they lose that one and, and the Suns keep winning. I don't know what the Suns schedule is, but that could be down to a half game lead. Then if they turn around and lose to Sacramento on third on Saturday, then if that happens, then you can punt on the playoffs. And, you know. <laughs> That's all it would take to you for you to lose uh, any sort of faith that the Utah Jazz could perform? Not really, but that that could potentially, if they lost to Sacramento, that would be four losses in a row. I don't think that would be anybody's idea of And then news. they could turn around, turn around and lose to Washington on Monday. Well, who won the last time those two teams? Oh, played? and then lose to Oklahoma City on Tuesday. Mm, less likely. And then really drag out the week by losing in Indiana on Friday. Oh, that's a home game. That'd be losing here. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, the Jazz obviously can play better than they did last night. So now it's just a matter of whether they do. 
And uh, I, I think that, that I think that's a really interesting. We talked to Bowler earlier, and he talked about how important that game is tomorrow night, and I find it fascinating because Phoenix is Phoenix is really playing well, man. They're for real. That's not some sort of fluky team. They're young and they're good and they're talented. And the Jazz will have to remember the Jazz lost to them earlier this year, right here in Salt Lake City. Last time they lost on their home floor. How do you think Phoenix will do in the playoffs? Uh, I, I think there are questions there, but all I know is what I've been seeing out of them is that they're pretty darn good. And uh, Chris Paul's effect, I know there's some Chris Paul haters around here, but I, I think he has been quite the addition to that team, especially those younger players who weren't always guided the way they needed to be. And Chris Paul's had a tremendous effect on them. Didn't uh, Chris Mannix tell us how, uh, how, how impressed he was with the Suns? And they're even getting good minutes out of their big man these days. So, you know, we'll see how it continues. But that'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah, I, I have a ton of questions about the Suns. I think they need to see them prove it in the playoffs before I believe, obviously. So the same thing for them as for the Jazz? I'm making a joke because, yes, So if not more so, Phoenix has been in the playoffs in a decade. And Chris Paul, when was the last time he won a title? <laughs> <laughs> Whose bubble performance matters more, the Suns or the Jazz? Neither. No, you choose, though. Choose. The Suns didn't make the play. I don't care about the Suns 8-0 in the bubble. Everybody talks about that. Who cares? 9-0, Jake. 9-0. My gosh. <laughs> Teams were intentionally losing games <laughs> in okay, those lead-ups to the – but now everybody uh, they basically two, won the title of the bubble. I don't know there's if you two different way, There's two different ways of looking at it. One, which is, which is more of a threat, a team that hasn't been in the playoffs of late but has, has shown that it's really good – uh, and has a fresh slate, or a team like the Jazz that has uh, lost in the first round numerous times now. I don't. I don't know. They both have. Which is more? Which chance. is more of a it discredit? Does, I guess it does. It, no, neither. Well, isn't that what you just were kind of joking about? No, I, I'm joking that the the narrative around the Jazz has been. Well, I know they have the best record in the league, but I mean, who cares about these games? Because let's we'll see what they do in the playoffs. But the narrative around the Suns is, boy, look at this team. Woo, weird doggy, that Booker, he is something. Yeah, but I I think that you're just sort of swatting them away because they haven't been in the playoffs recently. I'm not swatting know. anybody away. I'm just I'm I'm laughing at the contrasting opinion. Oh, right. you, you know what I think of the Phoenix Suns? It's but, adorable. And that's about it. <laughs> okay. Nice. At least you're consistent. <laughs> That's all. I'm just pointing out the the difference where the the story around uh, the storyline around both teams should probably be the same. If not, a little better for the Jazz, because, I don't know, they have the better record. For the time being. Ooh, is that a prediction? No, I don't know. You're buying I, I the be, Suns I wouldn't, than the Jazz. No, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jazz lose to the Suns tomorrow. Yeah, but I'm talking about overall. Oh, I don't know. Flip a freaking coin. I, I'm not sure. All I right, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow, Gordon. Be well. Let's all go home. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.